630 Chad This Morning Podcast with Stacy Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre. Oh boy. Talk about the can of worms that got opened up yesterday, which so many people were expecting. We knew that something was going to come down the pipe from Daniel Smith and the UCP government on parental rights. Mm-hmm. Exactly what was going to be in it. Didn't have a clue until yesterday. Now we have sort of a clue, but not a lot of, well, some specifics. I think it went uh, further than people were expecting. I think, I, so I think people thought it would mimic what's happening in Saskatchewan and New Brunswick, which uh, the Maritime Province uh, actually kicked this off in terms of, of uh, um, in terms of name changes mm. and and needing parental uh, consent if if a child was going to to do that at school. Um, but I think a lot of people were a little shocked at what uh, Danielle Smith announced on her Twitter account. Jason Schilling is the Alberta teacher. Association's uh, president because his members are going to have to abide by some new rules that were laid out Mm -hmm. in this uh, Twitter message. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. Thank you for having me on today. You bet. And so I assume since you're going to have some new rules you have to abide by that you had uh, full concentration and uh, and input into all, all of these new regulations. Well, I guess in a perfect world, um, that's what would have occurred, but that uh, did not happen as as we noted in our press release. So nobody called you uh, and, and found out a teacher's perspective. And what's actually happening in Alberta schools? Well, there's a lot of misinformation and out there about what is happening in Alberta schools, and a lot of uh, some of the things I've read or I've seen on on social media are just simply not true. Like, what you have are uh, well, you know that uh, that teachers have um, a gay agenda that they're teaching kids to be gay, that they're they're encouraging students to be trans. It's just simply not occurring in schools. We have students who um, are struggling with their identity, and these are some of our most vulnerable students that we need to ensure that they're safe and they're protected. And teachers work with those students in a, a variety of capacities. Um, I've had students in the past, myself as a teacher, who've, who've told me things, and we find ways to, to get them into counseling, to other services, to support both them and their families. And that is, you know, they're very nuanced, they're very complicated. Um, and to see policy like was announced yesterday is very much a very sort of you know, sledgehammer kind of approach to a very delicate situation. So what are the big changes from, from the limited information you have? Well, you have the information and the changes that would require um, schools and teachers to notify parents if a student was going to change their name or their pronouns. That is something that is very concerning to our members um, because it puts them in a very um, delicate situation in a spot that, uh, you know, teachers aren't going to school wanting to out students if they share with them um, a situation or scenario that they're they're worried about. Um, They want to work with those students to make sure that they're safe and secure. Um, there's also changes, too, that are significant to the culture and the operation of schools. So, for instance, having to uh, get people to opt into instruction around human sexuality, gender identity, and sexual orientation. Right now, parents have that right in the Education Act to opt out of instruction. But now you see this switch of opting in, and I'm not entirely sure what that's going to look like um, and just how broad-reaching or far-reaching that would be. And it's a little ironic, in my opinion, that we have this announcement of this 
opting in step, uh, which is more complicated during red tape reduction week because this is going to complicate um, the way that schools operate. I wonder about the position that teachers end up getting put in. It might even be put in already. I don't know how many of you went to school to deal with a lot of these other issues. Uh, it, it, to me, it's getting into 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 therapy and social work and, 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 and advice and counseling. And I know there's always been some counseling. I've always been a trusted place. But uh, with these newer regulations, how worried are you about the position that some teachers are going to end up being put in, your, uh, your members? Well, I'm extremely worried. I mean, our teachers have already reached out to me because um, this will require these guidelines for them to violate charter rights of students. And uh, that's a position that teachers don't want to be in. Uh, they want to work with students. And like you said, there has been a lot put on the plates of schools and teachers over the last several years. Um, one of the things that I noted in the release yesterday was a pilot project on counseling. Well, I think we need to broaden counseling for um, all of our schools across this province. Our schools are incredibly underfunded right now. We're the least funded in Canada. Um, the school I worked at, we had a counselor who would come once a week. And how do you support several hundred students once a week with their, their mental health needs? So we need to look at uh, a variety of issues and step back and look at exactly how we are funding the system and to make sure that uh, everybody is getting the support that they need. But you know that there's the people who say, I send my kid to school to learn math to learn how to write a story and to learn science. And that is it. That's all I want out of it. I'll do the rest. Well, you know, and that's what schools do. Their teachers are working with students day in and day out on uh, all of those things. But we also have other things that come into the school that we need to address. And uh, think of food um, insecurity or food poverty and how many schools across this province have food programs that they feed students in the morning and the afternoon. Um, there's a variety of things that... Uh, that schools have to deal with and there's a variety of ways that we can support schools through this through wraparound services with mental health or children's services um there's you know this is the the nature of what our buildings are like right now and we can't pretend that that things aren't happening and we can't um create spaces where students don't feel safe and that's that's in the legislation as well in the education act school boards and the government have a requirement to make schools a safe caring atmosphere Talking with Jason Schilling, president of the Alberta Teachers Association. Daniel Smith will have a news conference at 1.30 this afternoon. Uh, we'll be carrying it here live on 6.30, Ched. So we assume that uh, questions will be asked and answers hopefully will be given. What What's the thing you want to hear? What clarification are you looking for at 1.30? That's a big question. I have a lot of questions about what was announced yesterday. I guess my first question would be, you know, we took a lot of heat on the weekend about a a statement that we made about wanting to be consulted because we could see this potentially because of what's happened in Saskatchewan and New New Brunswick affect schools and the operation of schools and the way that teachers um, interact with students and their families. But there was no consultation done whatsoever. And I think the announcement that we saw yesterday has a lot of unintended consequences for uh, schools and for teachers and for students and their families. And I, I, I would want to know, first of all, who did you consult with as you yeah. created this, uh, this policy? And um, that would be my starting point. Okay. And then finding out the details of the other things. We'll go from there. Jason Schilling, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Today's president of the Alberta Teachers Association joining us today. This morning with Stacy Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on the mighty 630 Chan.
comes to classroom instruction on subject matter involving gender identity, sexual orientation, or human sexuality, we will be requiring parental notification and an opt-in requirement for each instance a teacher intends to give formal instruction on these subjects. Just one of the things that Daniel Smith had a conversation about, and you heard the guitar music, that was part of a pre-packaged uh, announcement that was put out online, so you could hear it a little bit in the background. We will hear some some questions and answers uh, for Daniel Smith coming mm-hmm. up a little later on this afternoon, one thirty, right here on 630 Chen. And she prefaced that this was coming from a place of uh, love and support, but mm-hmm. does the trans community feel loved and supported by what uh, she talked about in her Twitter video? Let's ask them. Holly Tom is a board member with the Trans Equality Society of Alberta and she joins us live in studio. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It's great to be here. What was your reaction to uh, the video you saw yesterday? I reacted with anger when I first saw that. It really made me mad. And you stop and think about it, and I'm asking myself, why? Why are we doing this? Why are we putting these policies and laws into place? There's already safeguards for all of these things why do we need to legislate this? So can, do you want to unpack that in terms of, we, we talked about uh, hormone blockers, uh, puberty blockers, if you will, and then they're not allowing that uh, under the age of 15. Tell us a little bit about how that works, because you have to have parental consent for that, which is kind of what she was talking about, is talking about you know putting parents in the driver's seat. Oh, exactly. In Alberta, you need informed written consent from both parents in order for anyone under the age of 18 to access hormone therapy or puberty blockers. Period. They're not protecting the parents' rights. The parents already have the right to make those choices for their children. So in fact, are parental choices being taken away because you've got to go through some other hoops? Or is that part of the regulation? Or are we still trying to figure that out? We haven't seen the actual text. Yeah. So I need to be careful here, but If you're telling a parent that even if both of us agree that my 14-year-old child should be on HRT, you, the government, are saying, no, I'm not allowed. You're taking that right away from those parents. You're taking the right for the parents and the child to administer their own medical needs, and you're putting it in the hands of the government. Do you want to talk a little bit about hormone and... and puberty blockers, what do they do? How important is it to, to, to start them early? And is it reversible? If, if, if a child says, this is not what I want afterwards. Well, it, when you start puberty blockers, essentially what they do is block the natural hormones that people produce when they're going through puberty. Those hormones going through puberty give you the secondary sexual characteristics. You grow breasts, you grow facial hair, your voice gets deeper. If you stop that from happening, you give that child a space of time to deal with their gender identity. If they choose later on not to go through with that and carry on, you stop the hormone blockers and regular development continues. If you don't put those hormone blockers into place, those secondary sexual characteristics do develop and become harder to deal with later in life. My voice, for example, is very low, it's very masculine, because I went through that puberty and my voice dropped. Had I had those blockers, my voice wouldn't have dropped, it would have been much more feminine, would have been easier for me to survive in the world. 
One of the things I talked about with Stacy about earlier is how I was afraid that this would be a I believe this, and this other group over here, they believe this, and that there is no actual interaction to understand. Maybe there's no desire to understand from one side of it. But a lot of what Daniel Smith talked about yesterday was, you know, we love you, we're going to bring in more medical specialists so that adults who wanted to, to get reaffirming surgery are going to have more access. So there was, there was a lot of rhetoric along that. The bottom line was she said that children are not ready, are not equipped to deal with all of this kind of stuff. So just wait until they're adults. What's the issue with that? The issue I have with that is it's, it's taking away any rights that the child has before they turn 18 to administer their own medical procedures, their own medical needs. You're taking those rights away from the parents. If the parents say, yes, this is what my child needs, the government says, no, we're not letting you do that because we know better than you. And yes, there are people on both sides who will not, you cannot change their mind. There's a lot more people in the middle that are willing to talk about this and are looking for the information. And that's what we need to do. We need to talk. One of the things I, I have a problem with with this entire thing is that there was very there was no consultation, as far as I know, from the government with any trans organization in the province. We've been in talks for, with Tessa and the government. We've talked to them. We've sat in those meeting rooms. None of this was ever br- brought up. None of it was ever discussed. Can a 17-year-old get gender reaffirming surgery? No. Flat out no. There is no one in this country that will do gender affirming surgery on anyone under the age of 18. Period. She also talked about getting some specialists here because if somebody does want to uh, get this surgery, they do have to go to Montreal at their own cost. The surgery doesn't cost anything, um, but, you know, the the flights, the hotels, uh, the care afterwards. uh, She wants to bring in specialists here. We would love to see that. We would absolutely love to see that. We've been advocating for that for years and years and years and years. We would love to see those specialists in Alberta. We would love to see more support. We would love to see more doctors involved in this. But this is something that we as an organization have been told is going to happen since our inception 15 years ago. We were told that this was going to happen long before the UCP even existed. And it's the same with the registry. Wonderful idea. Get the information in one place so I can go and get the information. We've been told that this is going to happen for years. I'll believe that when I see it. Uh, before I let you go, the nature of things, we're going to run out of time here. We have heard many times that uh, there's a, because of these changes, that children could end up dying. How so? Explain to people who, who wave that away. When you, when you have a child who cannot talk to their teacher this is how I'm feeling because they're going to be outed to their parents and it may not be safe at home to be outed at home it may not be safe at home and I will honestly say that telling your parents is the single hardest part of this journey I told my parents when I was 45 and I was terrified if that child cannot talk to someone in authority talk to, to someone they trust they've got nowhere to go the statistics say over and over and over again, any trans person that has one person in their life who loves them and accepts them for who they are 
60% less likely to contemplate suicide. All right, Holly, thanks for joining us and and telling your side of the story. Obviously, there are people on both sides of this issue that want their voices heard, and I'm sure over the next uh, couple of weeks we will hear that. And, of course, we will hear more from Danielle Smith coming up at 1.30, and you can hear that live on 6.30, Chad. Holly Tom, board member with the Trans Equality Society of Alberta. Thank you so much.